so much of initial discovery calls or some sales calls require some bomb diffusing. The bomb is they've come and they know exactly what they want. It's like going to the doctor and knowing exactly what prescription you want to be written for you. The issue is when because of the doctor's experience, because of the doctor's depth of study, when they don't agree with you about what the what the root of these symptoms are, you have to know how to communicate, I know what you want, but right now, that is not what you need. That has been my experience thus far in learning how to navigate and have conversations with people who come for a quick done for you service. When the reality of it is, that might not yet be what you need and it might not be what your brand is ready for. You are listening to the Lesson She Learned podcast produced by The Base Agency and hosted by Zania Blue. This podcast is the place where we stop and reflect on the lessons we are learning in life and business. What can I say? It's the messy and the majestic process of growing through your business's awkward phase. Get comfortable as we dive into today's episode. I'm excited about this lesson that I learned because it was something I learned early on and it was one of the reasons that I actually started to apply some of the information that I was learning um, from coaches, programs, courses, and just studying business in my uh, industry, which is marketing specifically. Um, And one of the things that I did or that I started to do because things were getting tight for me financially. And I was like, yo, let me just go ahead and provide people with these services. Um, I'm so used to doing this full boutique style service and experience, but you know, I think I'm gonna open the floodgates a little bit. I think I'm just gonna let this, let some more people in. Um, because I had been saying, oh no, that's kind of not the that's not the kind of project we would work on. We don't work on clients who, you know, do a little bit of this or we don't work on clients or projects that are serving something like that. And there was a reasoning for that. When you have a target market, you really want to honor it because you are prepared for the people you've prepared for. So when people come in and they want to do things that you don't do or they want you to add um, this additional service onto or this additional kind of like deliverable on on top of all of the things you already are doing, you have to decide whether or not it's justifiable to add that or whether or not that starts to compromise the integrity of the other things you plan to deliver. Um, And right around the time where I was like, I think I'm going to make some exceptions. um, And then just in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm just letting money in that I had been t- turning away or had been too busy to even accept. I was like, oh, things are slow. I could use more sales. Like who could not use more sales? So I was like, yeah, like this is what I'm gonna do. And I started running into this problem. People would come and they would be excited that they were able to book their call that I was like, yeah, like, you know, let's go ahead and get into it. And then I would be told like, hey, so this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And one of the things that I informally have and that I'm actually going to be formalizing a little bit later um, is 
essentially a great or score. I personally have been casually calling it um, your base marketing score because hence base agency. Um, I also called it the marketing valuation. But at the end of the day, no matter what I end up calling it, what it's really doing is it's a number that I get from filling out this rubric where I can tell whether or not this business is marketable. And I could usually tell when people are trying to scale something that they haven't already had. The only way you could scale sales is if you're selling. If you know how to sell, you can scale it. If you already have clients, you can scale client acquisition. When you don't have any sales and you aren't already selling and you haven't yet built out this process that doesn't require that you be on call 24 hours a day to usher people through this process piece by piece. That's some of the things that lets me know like whether or not you're ready to, to actually be marketing. Because if you aren't ready for reach, if you aren't ready for exposure, being exposed too soon can break you, break your confidence, break your spirit, break your business and ruin your brand reputation. Why? Because when you wanted people to look at you, you weren't dressed. Your business wasn't ready. Um, the shop wasn't open. Um, and so I try to make sure that in giving people what they're saying that they want, it will not harm them when I give it to them. So for example, you say, hey, Zania, girl, I want 100 sales this month. Okay, boom. Let's say we, we're getting the workout and let's just say the first 10, 15 sales start to come in and we're making the effort. We're showing up online, but the website is janky. It's missing pages. There's no product or service description. You don't have a way to, to record leads. You don't have a way to follow up with the leads you already have who haven't bought yet. It's not that you can just get clients on demand, even though you can do what you need to do in marketing, get those leads and obviously sell to the leads you have. And that's how you get sales. But at the end of the day, if you aren't prepared to sell and if you aren't prepared to fulfill whatever you have sold, you are going to be in a dangerous situation as a business. And you could even be in a tough spot with humans who are exchanging their hard-earned cash for whatever widget you have successfully sold them. And so what I have a tendency to do is during these times when I'm asking these questions, when we're having these conversations about where they're looking to go, why they decided to sell this, why this industry, what is, what is their unique positioning? What do they have that most people in this industry don't have? What do they know that most people in this industry either don't know or are completely ignoring? Like when we're talking through things like that and I'm getting a sense of the full scope of the business that they've already built up until this point and they're telling me what they want, I can already start to piece together. This is missing. This is missing. This is missing. And it's not just to be upselling for the sake of upselling. It is me making sure that there is nothing missing that is significant, that is going to compromise the integrity of their ability to sell and nothing that will compromise their ability to serve their customers well. 
I don't know if y'all have ever been to the website or have been listening for through season one and you know through season two but what I focus on is preparing and supporting small businesses as they do the work to sell and to serve successfully one of the big differences that I personally feel like I hadn't always seen is that when a person is building out something they want to sell, usually they are so excited that they start doing the things to be seen and serving comes on the back burner. Serving is the thing that everybody says out of their mouth because they're nervous about what it sounds like to say, I just want to sell. I just want to be profitable. But I know and I understand that if you want to serve someone well, no matter what it is you're doing, you're going to have to go ahead and take them from whatever free medium or free insight you're giving them and help them to upgrade into your paid offering so that they can get the kind of support and the kind of answers that they are looking for. But here's the thing. If you aren't prepared to give them that insight, to give them access to that product, to give them access to your calendar for time. If you aren't prepared, when you get on the phone to not be winging it, when you get on the phone and to know what structure or process you're going to take them through, what insight do you have to pull from them and what is it you're going to give automatically back to them? What does it look like to be marketing and also serving your customers at the same time so your business isn't going through that feast and then famine cycle? That is the work that we do. And so what I started to notice was like, okay, people want graphics. Okay, you want graphics. Okay, where where are these graphics taking people to? You want you want me to talk about on the last slide of a carousel, you know, to learn more. Where are they learning more? What else do you want them to do? What is this this sales funnel or sales sequence that you're going to take them through so they can gradually get more and more support as they come closer and closer to your offer? For the last, eh, every other episode, for the last three episodes, we've talked about that sequence going from offer to target market to messaging to sales funnel to content. And so when you just want a website, but the website technically, it's not a huge part of the sales funnel. It's just so you could say you got a website or when you want content, but it's only taking them to check out. So there's there's nothing in between here. Look, do you like this comment here? And great, now buy. Or taking them straight to a calendar link that isn't necessarily describing the value that you intend to give them in exchange for their time. Like it's things like that. And so I've had to learn that, and and I I wouldn't say I learned it the hard way, but I learned it the long way, that it's going to take way more time to give people only what they need because they don't want it. But you have to learn how to give people what they want and what they need. And so I have three things. Three things that I know people typically want. And how I have started to kind of put that together with the thing that I know that they would need in order for the want that they have to meet the desired end that they're thinking of. And a lot of the times 
it's also pretty important to acknowledge, hey, I know that you want this, but I think what you really are asking me for is for the the things that you have to align to help you meet this specific or desired end. We could work towards meeting that desired end, but you should know it's not just this. This single brick won't be all of your house, but it's this brick and this brick, starting with this brick, and it's the cement and the foundation. So it, it's so much more than the little bit you're asking for, but if we wanted to taper off or organize the way that we're putting this together, we're starting here. And so, And so I think the challenge... The challenge that I have to always work through is acknowledging what is ground zero and what is level one. And I was able to do this before I figured out what the language was or what the messaging was for an offer like this that builds such a strong foundation. I knew I wasn't going to be able to scale the sales of something that I could hardly properly describe. And so I really, especially... Not because it was hard to explain, but because it can be hard for this thing to be desirable when you're rushing to what you feel like is the golden part. But the real thing or the reality of it is, is that people can get to the golden part or the content part where virality actually has an impact on your business because of the foundation that they laid. Um, And so I'm going to talk through kind of quickly, um, (laughs) the three levels of ground zero that there tends to be this, like not a ton of consideration, um, maybe a quick thought about it, maybe a quick sentence or two about it before people are like, okay, I'm ready to go to the next step. And so the first level of ground zero is the offer. Um, and so I think the the only first of all people don't typically come to me um about offers exclusively and it's because i do have this focus and this emphasis on marketing and operations and so usually a person has to come with the offer already existing um and what ends up happening um when i start asking questions um from my rubric about Okay, so tell me a little bit about you know what you're selling. What is it? Um, how does it work? Is it a product? Is it a service? How does this go? And they're telling me what it is. They're telling me about what it does. And I start asking about pricing. And they, I, I've noticed that there is a tendency to not really care too much about pricing. Um, the idea is just like, oh, like, you know, this is what it seems like people are charging for something like this. And so, you know, this is what I'm charging for it because technically it's not that different. And this usually is a bit of a red flag for me because it just lets me know, okay, so the offer isn't refined enough. So depending on whether or not this person or this business wants to have sale volume or just increase the net worth of this customer by having um, 
a sequence or a series or a catalog of offers that come step after step to support their customer through this process, I'm like, okay, so not even having a, a strong pricing model for this or not even being able to price it at a place that allows you to feel like, yeah, this is distinctive enough for it could be for it to be priced maybe a little bit above market value or, you know, have this combination of whatever it is. I don't want to get in too much into the weeds with it, but you can, I could tell like, okay, maybe the offer isn't refined enough and they just found a, a, a product or a service that they liked, but didn't necessarily consider the long term after they sell this singular thing. So that typically means there's no offer catalog and the pricing probably isn't priced for profit considering how much it costs to get in front of these customers. Um, whether you're using organic or paid media, it costs money to produce content. And so even if you aren't, even if you are using the organic route, it still costs you something. Um, and so it costs a certain amount of time or effort or exposure for you to get that first sale. You want to know what that is and you want to factor that in to how you're how you're pricing your offer, not to mention its value to the marketplace and its value to the customer when they start to experience that shift or that transformation that your widget is offering them. And so that's usually ground zero. If a person is thinking about things they would add to the offer, they're not super clear on what that offer is. I'm like, okay, I see that this offer probably is not developed or is pop possibly not mature enough to sustain the volume of marketing they want to put behind this. The second thing is the audience. So if a person is like, oh, you know, I think this is going to be really, really good. You know, anybody could buy this. This is this is for everybody. I, I don't want to leave anybody out. That's a super duper red flag because that also means that the offer is probably generic. And when it comes to, I work with a lot of black women. And so when it comes to talking to your audience, are you do you sound like you're talking to a specific kind of person? Do you sound like you your message or your focus would resonate with a specific kind of person um, who has a specific kind of need or even is experiencing a specific kind of pain or discomfort when you don't have the language for somebody's problem, when you aren't calling somebody's problem what they would personally call it, it ends up not hitting home where a person might hear you or and and just not be listening because they're like, oh, like that's just, you know, they're just moving to the next piece of content because nothing penetrated because it didn't feel like you were talking to me. Um, just to give an example, um, I have this friend group and one of our friends had sent like, uh, I want to say it might have been like a, a holiday, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas text. Um, and you could tell like she was sending it to a ton of people. So she it was like one message ton of people. We weren't in a group chat. You received it individually, but you could tell it wasn't written for each individual person. And one of our friends, she was like, oh, why didn't you respond to me? And he was like, because it sounded like you wrote it to everybody. You wasn't talking to just me. So you wanted to, <laughs> it was so funny. He was like, you want me to send you a personalized message to a mass message you sent me? 
He was like, I mean, I just was happy to receive it and it was cool. Like it was fine. And it was so funny because it goes to show that even though it's in front of me, even though it's before me, and even though I've received it, if you're not talking to me, I won't even know or feel prompted to respond because there is a level of connection and intimacy a person feels when they know you're speaking to them. And so when your audience isn't clear and easy to target, it all of a sudden, even if you're showing up, who are you talking? Are you talking to me? Like it's unclear. And so that's another level. I would say the second level of ground zero that even if a person doesn't want to go there or focus there because they want to get to the good part, um, that's usually an area where I'm like, okay, this would this is another area that we would have to work through if we were to work together in order to get to the good part they're trying to get to. Um, And the last level of ground zero that people aren't typically thinking about when they're looking to get marketing collateral like websites and um, social media content or emails or text messages um, sent out to their audience when they're before they get there one of the reasons they come and they want to outsource some of this is because they don't have time, which is totally fine. It makes a, a thousand percent sense. But sometimes they want to outsource it because they don't know what to say. The thing about that is it's nothing wrong with being like, I don't even know where I would start with this conversation. But it, it tells me that we're struggling with messaging. It tells me that the way you're talking Um, about your offer is not clear enough or fluid enough to feel like a conversation. And that doesn't typically seem like it's a big deal. Like if I were to say, hey, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about messaging today. Some people would be like, oh, great, because I've been thinking about a way to frame what I want to talk about. And some other people would be like, listen, I'm just trying to create content. I don't understand why we taking a pit stop at messaging. But the reality of it is, If your messaging isn't coherent from platform to platform, it's always going to sound like somebody else wrote it, and it's never going to sound like it's a coherent voice from your brand. And so you can get a copywriter to write all of your website copy, but you want to have the messaging down packed so it still sounds like it's the brand's voice or your voice if you are kind of like a essential part of the the process for your customers in in the product or service delivery and it also goes on into any kind of media or content that you create and so are you the same person on your website sale page sales page as you are in your captions and in your graphics And are you that same person when you're doing podcast interviews with guests? And are you that same person when it's time to send emails to follow up with people who are in your sales pipeline, who are just not ready or just getting ready to go ahead and lean in and buy with you? Your messaging should be fluid so that when a person is reading something, they're not questioning, who is this? What are we talking about? Why is this person talking about this in this way? And this is where it's a, it's about a little bit more than personality. Because sometimes we feel like my personality is my, my messaging. I'm soft, I'm cuddly, or I'm hard and, and I'm blunt, or whatever the case is. We think that sometimes that's enough. But the reality of it is your messaging tells your audience 
how you both feel about this problem it just so happens that you were the first to put some words to it you were the first to find the language to adequately describe the severity and the intensity of a problem like this you are the person who when they are listening they feel she gets me nobody gets me the way she gets me Nobody understands what I'm talking about the way she understands. And even though they do this and they've been over there and they've served them, I know that when I sit down with them, I know that when I get my hands on this product, it's going to be for me. That's the power of messaging. There are three levels um, to messaging that I, I really care about. First is reach. Sometimes you can't even get through your, your, your local algorithm if you don't know what kind of language is considered quickly attractive to your audience. The second thing is registering because people start to read, even if they don't care a ton, they start to read and they, they automatically start to know whether or not this is registering with them as something relevant and something they should continue to consider. And the last level of messaging that I like to think of is resonating. And that's when you say something that lasts beyond the moment that they're consuming. When they walk away, they still feel it. When they're thinking about something up, something else, it still comes up for them mentally and emotionally. And these are some of the things you want your messaging to be strong enough to do, even if you aren't talking about something that is completely emotional. Things that feel like luxury items, um, like massages, um, or what else, candles, or even apparel. How a person wants to feel is deeply intimate to them, even if it isn't always feeling like an intimate experience. If we were to talk about something as simple as leggings or compression pants, just talking about the fact that you want to feel compressed and squeezed in and feel strong while you work out and not be fidgeting with your clothing when you're trying to get back on the wagon in the new year, that's intimate. That's messaging. That's talking to another kind of woman. That could be talking to a mom, a new mom who's like trying to get her groove back. <laughs> that could be talking to somebody who, you know, the pandemic has had their way with them and they've just been in the house, you know, just trying to get the work done. But in the meantime, all of the self-care practices and fitness and healthy eating practices, they kind of they kind of slowed up. And so now it's time to get back on the wagon. But you know who you're talking to when you're saying things like that. It's how your customer would describe their problem. And you're using language similar. You're, you're using imagery similar to what it is that they would talk about. And if you don't know how to create that moment where it feels like it's just the two of y'all in the world and this is the biggest problem y'all might have right now because of the kind of impact it has even if it isn't aggressive or even if it isn't life-threatening yeah that's big <laughs> and so messaging is the thing that allows you to do all the other things and so if you don't even have some kind of like base phrases, some some fundamental language, some fundamental concepts that you can always draw from whenever you're creating content or you can even use it as a guide. Yo, people sleep on brand briefs, okay? And a brand brief is something 
that you could deliver to any designer, any copywriter, um, any, any, any graphic designer, whoever, and be like, yeah, this is the language that I use when I'm talking to my audience. Have a whole page full of things that are organized by category so that if somebody was to make a graphic, they got, they got your, your, your hex codes for your colors. They got your logo in, in transparent PDF. Don't play with you, right? <laughs> you got the language you would typically use to describe a problem. And you also have the tone you would like to use there because you don't want to have a misguided tone that is not giving what you want it to give in emotion and authority. You don't want to be too authoritative to certain audiences, but you also don't want to be too soft to audiences that need a kind of strength and need to kind of be out sometimes you just want to know how you're talking to them at different phases or to even different segments of your audience because what if you're not talking to everybody the same these are the things that messaging really has to help you do but it's one of the unspoken and unsexy parts of marketing that people are not necessarily thinking about until it's time to write something down and Typically, um, what feels like ground one, um, people assume that it's content, but it's usually whatever the funnel is. And I think that I've heard it said a lot of different ways. Some people think funnels are the various different pages um, in your website to take them to where you want them to be. But the reality of it is when you are speaking to somebody and they seem interested in what you do, you want to have access to contacting them again and giving them something of value so that they see you as a person of value and not just a person trying to close the cell right now. And so that's one of the ways or one of the methods that I like to use um, for myself, but for some of my clients where we're using different lead magnets, we're using different tools and different resources to help the customer and help the, the provider kind of exchange information and exchange value up front and then down the line. Um, and by down the line, I mean after they've possibly consumed that freebie, after they've received that freebie um, or low-cost resource, and now they're going on to the next phase of solving the problem, but they get a quick win early on. Um, and these are some of the things that we, we start to work through in the sales funnel. That doesn't mean it has to be all digital. There could be some manual pieces or parts in a sales funnel, but at the end of the, it could be all offline. At the end of the day, you just want to know what are the steps. If I come to you right now and I'm interested, are you fumbling before me? Do you know what we need to be doing next? Do you know what we need to be talking about? Do you know uh, what you need to give me and what I need from you or vice versa? Like you just want to, you want to be aware of what the process is to get people to the sale if they aren't like, yeah, I'm ready to buy whatever. What is that process and how can you make sure that you have that process kind of structured so that everybody kind of goes through a, a relatively similar process, making sure that you know how to go get sales, even when you're not focusing ridiculously heavily on marketing. Um, I think that, and this is in the last step or ground two, as I like to think about it, um, is the actual marketing or the actual content. The thing about content is that content does marketing so that you could do sales. But typically, 
the marketing and the sale doesn't happen in the same moment. Typically, statistically speaking, you're marketing for a little while and you're selling to people who feel like, yes, you've been marketing for a while because they've been seeing and consuming your content. As long as we're talking about you marketing to people who are actually a part of your target market. And so one of the things that is also necessary is making sure that when they go through your sales funnel, they're actually in a in a pipeline so that if it's Monday and you know that you want to on average do a certain number of sales a day you don't have to go to social to sell you go to your sales pipeline to sell so those are the people who you've been sharing content with those are the people who downloaded the freebie those are the people who open up your emails those are the people like those are those people and so now those people who are all nurtured, who have been successfully attracted to your brand and business and consuming your content and all that good stuff, now they might just need another piece of information or another call to action to go ahead and take that next step with you. And now that's not explicitly marketing, in my opinion, or in my book, the way I see it, that is sales at that point. Getting on the phone with people to learn more about their business, to figure out if they qualify for an offer you have. That's sales. Discovery calls are sales. Like those those call to e- the call to action emails because we've been speaking long enough and your problem ain't solved yet. That's sales. All of the, all of those um, boosted uh, posts and all that organic content. That's marketing. In my book. Now, you can do marketing with email, but the thing about it is, if I got your email, I have already successfully started to attract you. Now, I'm nurturing until you're ready to transition into the sales opportunity. And these are some of the subtle nuances of just B2C, business to consumer marketing. The pipeline or the process is a little bit different um, for business to business because. More likely than not, if you're marketing to other businesses, you don't need to be, you don't need to have the same role or have the same intensity with social as somebody who's depending on individual consumers. Um, and so you just need to know where your audience is, where your market is, um, and how to connect um, and kind of like rub elbows with the people who are your true customers and not just people who would be impressed by you for saying who your customers are and what it is you do. You don't want to impress the wrong people because you won't sell that way. Um, And so these are some of the things that I think about. These are some of the things that I work through when I'm thinking about things people want um, and things people need. And I have started to successfully put together all of those things into one seamless process. So even though the goal might be to be prepared for your designer to put together a website, but maybe you don't have the language for it. Maybe it was never developed and they're like, man, I can't I can't do that for you. I'm a designer. I'm not a business developer. Um, or whatever the case is, I've started to kind of interweave all of those ground zero things into... <laughs> 
the onboarding and the educational process um, within my program to make sure that we don't skip those steps, but we also aren't lingering too long at those steps because it don't take much for uh, someone to kind of like lose focus and kind of miss the value because they're trying to rush to where they need to be, but they kind of need to see it as okay, we're in the, the first phases of what you want to do. It's not a different process. It's just a part of the process you might not have been expecting. And so, yeah, that is how I have started to um, weave in what people want with what they need, but also started to also add those guardrails back to my business to not accept every inquiry um, because what people are looking for and how seriously they are looking for them, you you should definitely give people the freedom to want what they want and to want it the way they want it. But when it comes to coming to um, your business or my business and wanting to be served well or excellently in the ways that we have prepared for them so that they can see the kind of success that they're asking you to help them achieve, oh yeah, you're going to go through the process because that's that's how I can go ahead and usher you towards that place. There is no guarantee the moment you start to pick apart the process. Um, and so I'm excited um, to have learned this lesson, to have taken the guardrails off the business and put them right on back <laughs> just so I could know how to serve somebody and prepare somebody to serve and succeed in the business way and not just the social way. Um, and I'm excited to hear some of the lessons that you guys are learning along the way, too. I know that we've started to kind of lean in into some of the more technical things or some of the more fundamental things. And that is fun and that is exciting. But I think seeing those things in action and how they work together to help you meet your goal or your ends, that's fire. <laughs> and so until next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I had a lot of fun recording it and just thinking creatively about different aspects of business and different lessons that we're all learning along the way if you enjoyed today's episode i would love to see like a quote or a snippet um that felt that you felt like really resonated with you um feel free to tag me on instagram at the base agency group um for shares and if you have any questions that you wanted to ask or if you have any topics that you would love to see broken down um or even love for us to kind of reflect on as like a case study we absolutely can and of course if you really enjoyed today's episode and you wanted to kind of take your love to the next level, uh, feel free to leave us a review, rate and review, because it helps people just like you who need tips just like these to go ahead and develop their business with clarity and confidence. And so feel free to support just in that way, leaving that review, leaving those stars, and we will see you next time.